in prayer as we bow before him. Lord, we praise your holy name. We praise you, Father, for who you are, for all your attributes, and, and especially for your love, uh, your agape love towards us, and sending your Son to die for us. Uh, Lord, we can't even begin to comprehend uh, how you could love uh, sinful creatures like us, and yet uh, you have uh, redeemed us by the blood of the, the Lamb. And so help us to keep our eyes on Jesus and see that he is all that we need as we have sung about today. And uh, So Lord, continue, continue to work in us and humble us and br uh, break our hearts over our sin. Lord, that we would resist temptation. Uh, Lord, we need you. I need you. And Lord, I pray for uh, Pamela. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you're continually working in her heart. Lord, I pray that she would be able to come and worship you here. And uh, Lord, just uh, work, continue to work. And uh, Lord, as, as we travel, Lord, just make that a blessed time. And uh, Lord, I would lift up Cameron and, and Andrew as they meet together and as they study Daniel together. And um, that you will continue to use uh, Andrew in his life. And, uh, lead, guide, and direct in Cameron's life. Show him what you would have him to do, not what he wants to do. And uh, for Gail, and Lord, we thank you that she's better and, and continual healing for her. Lord, just, just bless her and, and uh, comfort her. and May her eyes be fixed on you. And Scarlet as well for strength and as they prepare to move. And uh, Lord, uh, uh, we, we just need uh, your strength. Your strength. And uh, continue to bless her, Lord. And for Ben next week, it's, uh, he fills the pulpit. God, I thank you for him. And Lord, and yet as he would say, it's Christ in him. And, uh, and that's it, Lord. It's, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's not us. Uh, for in you we live and move and have our being. Lord, we lift up our nation to you, a wicked nation that it is. Um, it breaks our heart, O oh Lord, as we, as we see those who uh, curse you and, and say all manner of evil against uh, your uh, uh, truth that's in your word. And, and as, as we see uh, uh, babies who are being murdered every day, God, it breaks our heart. So bring a revival, O oh God. Have mercy on this country. Have mercy, O oh Lord, in your wrath. Remember, remember mercy. And Lord, just uh, bless us now as we look into your word. And we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, in God's word, open to uh, Mark again, Mark chapter 1. <clears throat> We're looking at the temptation of Jesus that we started last week. <clears throat> we continue that for the next several weeks, several messages, and uh, through the three temptations. Uh, Mark uh, one, I can't speak and turn pages at the same time. I don't know what's going on. So. <laughs> uh, Mark 1, uh, again 12 and, and, and 13, it says, Immediately the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. 
and the angels were ministering to him. And uh, I'll read from Matthew in a little bit, but let me just ask you this question. How uh, have you had to deal with temptations this past week? And if you have not had to deal with temptations, I want to talk to you and find out what is your secret. (laughs) Because we all deal with temptations. We're not above that. Jesus himself, Son of God, was tempted. We're not above Jesus. Uh, Did you remember the the principles that we learned from last week? So briefly, let me just go over over those. Um, It is not a sin to be tempted. It is only a sin if we play sympathetic uh, with those thoughts that come into our minds. How we deal with those thoughts is important. And also by carrying out uh, uh, those temptations and doing those, those things that are uh, displeasing to God. Also, uh, we found and, and looked at temptations often come after spiritual highs. Right after God has done something wonderful in your life. And uh, you may have had the best day that you've ever had. And uh, watch out because Satan is coming against you. That's been my experience, and uh, it hasn't changed through the years. And uh, he can attack you right in the church service. Right here, he can attack you. He can make you depressed. He can, he can uh, put those thoughts in your minds that, uh, uh, that don't need to be there. And, and so anyway, Satan will attack us and hit us. Uh, remember, Satan is out to destroy you. He's to destroy you. Now, he cannot uh, get your soul if you're a born-again believer this morning and, and uh, Christ is yours. He cannot take that away, but he can sure destroy your testimony for Christ. He can destroy your, uh, uh, your life, and he can destroy your marriage. He can destroy your friendships. He can destroy this church. And he has his demons to help him out. And so we looked at that last week. Remember, Christ defeated Satan. And uh, Christ lived the perfect life uh, and did not sin. He was tempted in all ways like us, but without sin. Thank you, Lord. And if he had sinned just in a little bitty way, we would all be in our sins and lost. But he uh, overcame Satan's temptations. And we need to give thanks to God every day that, uh, that he empathizes with us. He, he knows what we go through because he went through it himself. And so uh, what a wonderful Savior that we have. And uh, let's read now. Turn to, to Matthew, and I want to read this first temptation that Christ, it's not in Mark, but... Uh, we know that he was tempted for the 40 days. Uh, a lot of people think he only had three temptations. At the end of 40 days, he was tempted. No, if you read the scriptures, he was tempted for the entire uh, 40 days. And so this is just the three that are mentioned here. And uh, Matthew 4, uh, and we want to read verses uh, 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, 
If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we want to look at that this morning and see how that applies to our lives and how we can use what Christ used in his life. Does anybody have a guess what that was? What he used in his life? The word of God. Exactly right. It is written, and we're going to look at that. This first temptation of Satan to Jesus is uh, really, that's that's mentioned, is uh, really about underconfidence, I think, underconfidence in God the Father. Satan tempts us to have no confidence in God, that God cannot be trusted, that God doesn't really love us. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we see the time here. Notice Satan attacks when Christ has physical needs. He attacks him when he is weak. He attacks us too also when we are weak. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. I have trouble not eating in 40 minutes, you know. <laughs> Certainly 40 hours is a long time, but to go 40 days. Uh, when you say, when the Bible says he was hungry, I think he was hungry. I mean, <laughs> is there anybody that would debate that? No, I have trouble after one day. Uh, and I've had to do that for operations and what have you. And it's not a fun thing to do, uh, fasting. And uh, sometimes a needful thing. And so we see Satan hits us when we have needs, just as Christ had a need. Uh, By the way, if you're hungry, really hungry, don't go to the store to buy groceries. (laughs) Because the temptation is to buy everything you see, (laughs) ice cream and all these things. that Go after you've eaten a big meal and, and go with a list. But uh, uh, a temptation uh, we find uh, is everywhere. The emotional temptations, physical temptations, psychological needs, physical needs um, that aren't being met. All of these things we find are not being met. Uh, We're hurting. And, uh, And so Satan comes to Christ and says, if... And it can also be translated since here. Since you are the Son of God, as God, you can turn these stones into bread. Satan knew the power that, that, that Jesus had. He knew that he was the Son of God. Uh, no doubt about that. But uh, if you are the Son of God, I, I'm not going to uh, make that a, a big debate. But the idea is, uh, remember, that God had just declared from heaven that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so uh, Satan is uh, tempting our Lord here to provide for his own needs as God. He has the power. He can turn those stones into bread as God. But that would have been the wrong thing to do for, for Christ to have done that as God and uh, uh, it's okay it's okay Jesus if you do that it's okay if you do that 
You're God. You can do anything you want to. And so we see there are two temptations here involved in this underconfidence in God. And uh, first of all, doubt your heavenly father. Jesus, does your father really love you? Does he really love you? You've gone 40 days with nothing to eat. Not only that, I don't see any food around here for you to eat. Have you ever been in that situation sometimes that uh, uh, you have a great need and there doesn't seem to be an answer anywhere? And there isn't going to be an answer anywhere? This is what Jesus was faced. Is your father really good? Does your heavenly father really care about you? Hadn't he abandoned you, Jesus? Does he not say that to us as well? Said that to Eve and she bit. She took the, she took the bait. You know, God's holding back from you, Eve. You can know good and evil. God doesn't really love you. Don't do what he says. And then we see the second test is of obedience. Would Christ run ahead of God and take things into his own hands and act independently of God the Father? Remember what Jesus said? It is not my will, but thy will be done. Remember, Jesus was man and he had to overcome Satan and the world as a man. He was tempted as a man. A perfect man, yeah. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus overcame Satan. Not as God, but as uh, the second Adam, you see. In our place. That's so important to understand that. So important. So uh, this temptation is coming uh, from Satan that he would display that he is God and uh, uh, overcome this problem with being God. And uh, in other words, take this into your own hands, Jesus. It was a temptation, I think, to do a right thing at the wrong time. I mean, having your hunger satisfied is a good thing, right? But it was not in God's time. It was not in God's way. Uh, It was wrong to do it the way Satan wanted him to do it. To take his abilities as God and use them for self. Why did Jesus come into the world? He came not for selfish reasons, but for us. You see, he came and overcame uh, uh, as the God-man. He came for others. He came to save us from our sins. And to do that, he had to overcome as a man. How did Jesus answer him? I think this is, this is an interesting thought. Uh, and what we uh, need to learn about answering Satan. Uh, how did Jesus answer him? Notice the source of his answer here is... It is written. Did you see that in Matthew? It is written, Jesus said. Christ appeals to something that is written down. 
something that is sure. I mean, we all have a deed to our property, do we not? We all, and it's something that is written down. You don't go, oh, my family's owned this for 2,500 uh, years and it's mine. Well, where, what is written down? Nothing. I mean, it's just been here for, no. It's written down. You can say, here it is. It's written down. This is, this is the way it is. And that's what God's word is in our lives. It's written down. It's sure because it's God's word. And so Jesus is using God's word, which is what we need to uh, emulate in him, is that we need to uh, see it is written down. Uh, It is sure. It is the word of God. Uh, uh, Jesus doesn't say it is my opinion. I feel like this is the thing to do, Satan. And believe me, if you use your feelings to fight Satan, you're going to lose. Amen. <laughs> if you fight Satan on the basis of how you feel, the, the battle's lost already. Um, it's amazing how people feel. Talk about, I feel like. No. What does the Bible say? Somebody will say, well, you know, I've... I've been a Christian man for 30 years and, uh, uh, well, I can't find a good Christian girl that likes me and, boy, this, this unbeliever over here, she, she just loves me to death. I'm going to marry her because I feel like God would have me to do that because, why? I'm going to lead her to the Lord. Wrong. So you're not obeying God's word. What is written down. Because it says, What? Not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so feelings uh, will get you in trouble. I've had women say, I feel like God wants me to become a preacher. Wrong. I feel like God wants me to be an elder. Wrong. Why? The Word of God. It is written. See? It is written. We're to obey God's Word. Uh, God's word is the final authority. And that's why Jesus uses it. Let me just say, how much of God's word do we have hidden in our hearts that we will not sin against him? Uh, That's an interesting uh, thought. Uh, Something to to think about. This is one of the first verses that I memorized in my Christian life. Uh, It says... How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. You see, keeping it according to you. In other words, what's written down? With all my heart I have sought you. Not feelings, but heart. What is heart? The mind, emotions, and the will. I have sought you. Do not let me wander from what? Your commandments. Not my feelings. You know, what I think is right. Whatever is, you know, for the day, like things change and, you know, well, homosexuality was uh, uh, wrong at one time, but it's okay. No. No, it's wrong. It's against God's law. Your word. And this, ask ourselves, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Is that true of us? Not in a legalistic way either. 
You can brag. I have 2,000 verses memorized. I'm spiritual. That's not what I'm talking about. It's having it hidden here where you apply it in your life. When Satan comes against you, you go, get behind me, Satan. Or, or It's written in God's Word. You see, it's written in God's Word, Satan. And I've had to do that many times in my life. And uh, because uh, uh, the Word of God is our sword. It's our sword, Ephesians six seventeen, And take the helmet of salvation. And what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It cuts. It cuts. And uh, we need a balanced ministry in the church uh, and teach different aspects of the Christian life. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. You can go into some churches and the Bible is not taught at all. It's just not there. It's not taught. But the Bible must be central. Boy, they'll have a music program, though, that'll knock your socks off. I mean, people go there to be entertained and get happy and jump around, and, but no word of God. Not what they really need, not, not nourishment for their, body, uh, for their souls. It's kind of a feel-good, about-yourself kind of religion. And it doesn't cut the mustard. It does not cut the mustard. Uh, let's look at the Lord's answer from, uh, from Deuteronomy 8 in just a second. What's his answer in verse 4? As it is written, you shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Now what is he not saying? I don't think, I don't think he's saying here you need scripture to feed your soul. Now, do you need scripture to feed your soul? Yes, you do. But I'm not sure that's what he's really emphasizing here. I'm not saying that's not a true statement. It is, because that's, that's so true. Also, it's not saying your soul is more important than your body, even though that's true. In other words, uh, our souls are much more than sustaining our bodies, much more important. But I'm not sure, what is Jesus really talking about here when he's, when he's talking this way? What is it teaching? Well, it's really interesting because he quotes from uh, Deuteronomy 8 in verse 3. But let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 8 and begin with verse 2. Because we see in the context, you remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in, in the wilderness 40 years that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart. Now, that's not... So God will know what's in your heart. That's so you'll know what's in your heart. Because when you're tested, what you do will show what's in your heart. God already knows. He's, he, he's testing us to show us the way we really are. Uh, to know what's in your heart. Whether you keep His commandments or not. Whew, ouch. He humbled you and let you be hungry. And fed. Notice, He Led and fed. That came from me. I actually thought of that. Didn't I? <laughs> but I just thought, I went, wow. He led and fed you with manna, which you didn't know anything about, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. This is something new on the scene here, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, 
But man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. You're led by the Lord. And fed by the Lord. And so, <clears throat> I think uh, we realize that God uh, will lead us and he will feed us in whatever manner he desires to do that. And we can see that all through the Old Testament. Uh, they came out of Egypt, came to the Red Sea, and what did God do? He led them, and what did he do? Part the sea. In other words, he, he, he took care of them. He met their need as he does us. And so Satan is coming against us saying, God really doesn't care about you, or this wouldn't have happened in your life. If God really loved you, why did this happen? Those, do they not come into your mind? They do. They come into mind all the time. You see. But no, we have to, when we're tested, we have to realize, no, God is still leading me. Even though what is happening to me, I don't like. I have to trust, realizing that he is the one who is sustaining me. Anything he determines to feed me. Now, this is, I think, really a word of direction is what he's t- Jesus is saying. This is, this is being directed out of God's word. Are we directed out of, from God's word? Uh, God can sustain you as he sees fit. He can do and use whatever he wants to. When God gives the order, he can provide for you the way that he wants to provide. You see, whatever way he decides and provides, he's going to do it. And so what was God going to do for Jesus at the end of this? He was going to provide angels, was he not? Matter of fact, they'd been ministering to to him uh, through this whole affair. But uh, God provided uh, for other people. As we read, he led other people even though they hungered and they had needs and wants, he sustained them as long as they trusted in him, as long as they obeyed him, as long as they loved him. And of course, when they sinned, there were consequences to that. And we see that all through the scripture. Not with just manna, but uh, ravens for Elijah that fed him. Uh, Elijah uh, filling the oil for for the widow. And on and on we go. Uh, God really provides for us. He is Jehovah Jireh, is he not? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. You say, what does this have to do with me? How do I get this into everyday life? Uh, Well, Satan comes to us when we're hurting, uh, uh, when needs need to be met. And let me ask you just right now, What need do you have in your life right now where you are hurting and that need needs to be met right now? Just think now, just to say, what is it that you uh, are hurting over? What need needs to be met in your life? Maybe you're a wife who needs to hear from your husband, I love you. What need in your life right now Maybe you have bills that need to be paid. Maybe you uh, have an illness that needs to be healed. Maybe some emotional need. Uh, Maybe you need. What do you need? 
What is it that you need? Jesus, does God really care about you? He's 40 days? He's forsaken you. Satan wants us to question God for letting us be in that condition, for letting us be in that situation, to question his love and his ability to provide for you when we look at all the circumstances. You know, it's amazing. He provided the manna for them every day. It was there. And what did they do? Murmur and complain. He gives them quail, murmur and complain. Sounds like us. Sounds like me. If God really loved you, it wouldn't just be manna. It would be vegetables and everything else. No. God knows what we need and he provides us in any means he chooses. But you don't understand. My circumstances in life are just too big. It's just too big for God. I mean, other people have problems, but my problem is just too big for God. Satan says to Jesus and us, how could God love you? How could God love you? The temptation for us is to say, God doesn't love me. And answer yes to that question when it comes in our, you're right, Jesus doesn't love me. But we have God's word that says all things are working together for our good. So who are we to believe? These are just thoughts I want you to think about in your own life. I mean, it's just, it's just this practical thing of, of where the rubber meets the road. I mean, is, is it real? Is this real in our life? Or is it we're going through the motions? And it's so easy just to go through the motions. But we have to realize, no, God really does provide. And so... This is not something to be downcast about, but it's something to, to realize about God. God, and in Philippians 4.19, and my God will, not maybe, not sometimes, will, means will, future, it's going to happen, supply all, not some of, not a little bit, not uh, occasionally when he wakes up from a sleep, no. Supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, do we believe that? That's the thing. Do you really believe that when something bad happens, when, you, when you're hurt by something? When a circumstance comes up in your life and you say, how can God love me if, that, if he allows that to happen? Something to think about. <clears throat> we need to trust him. We need to trust him. The second part of this temptation is to take things into our own hands and act independently. To run ahead of God. Have you ever run ahead of God? Have you ever run ahead of God? I have plenty of time. What does God want us to do? I think God wants us to wait. Be patient. Wait. 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 That's, that's, boy, that's hard to do, to Wait. What is it in your life that you're waiting for? Can you wait patiently for that? Are you waiting patiently for that? It may be a, a son or a daughter who needs to be saved. 
I waited patiently for the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Is it any clearer than that? I don't know of anything clearer than that. To wait on God. To wait on God. Trust God. Don't do something wrong in order to get it done and run ahead of God. And there are a lot of things that that meet this description in our lives that uh, it may be that there's a new position coming up at work and boy, you want to have that position, but you know somebody else will probably get it before you and so you know this dirty thing about that person so you go to the boss and tell them so you'll get hired, you see. Or can you trust God that he'll take care of you? Think about these things in your life. person has hurt you, said something that really offended you, and God hasn't dealt with him or her. God, you need to deal with, okay, you aren't, so I will. And so you give them a piece of your mind. You don't leave vengeance to God. You take vengeance. And so you begin to tell everybody what they have done to you, to hurt you. Think about this in our own lives. You remember as a kid growing up, remember you go tattle on your sister or your brother and tattletale. I think there's a little ditty that goes along. Uh, maybe maybe uh, you could only make C's in school where your siblings made straight A's and so you said, well, you know, I think I'll just cheat so I can make A's too. Maybe, and this has happened, maybe there's someone who is dying of cancer and is in great pain, and I just take their life so they won't have to suffer. You see, these are temptations that come from Satan. Bills are piling up. You can't pay them. And so you embezzle money from the business. And that's happened. Interesting verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 38 and 9. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, that I not be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or that I will be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. In other words, don't make me so rich that I'll forget you, or so poor that I'll steal. This was his, uh, this was the, the psalmist, uh, I mean, in, uh, the proverb uh, says this. And, and uh, that's another verse in, in Psalms, isn't it? Uh, don't make me so poor that I will uh, uh, steal, or so rich that I'll forget you. that I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? You know, riches are, are a wonderful thing, but they don't feed your soul. They just don't. You can have it all. If you were given a billion dollars today by somebody, a billion, no, no, let's do more, let's make it a trillion, a trillion dollars, would you be happy? 
He would bring so much stuff in your life that you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. For one thing, you'd have to put guards all around your siblings and your uh, loved ones so they wouldn't be kidnapped for ransom. And on and on it would go. It would bring more problems than you can ever imagine. So we need to trust God and be content in whatever state that we're in. So God hasn't brought me a, a Christian guy, so what am I going to do? I'm going to marry an unbeliever because I want to have children or whatever. So Satan comes in this first temptation of Christ and, and questions our confidence in God our Father. Thank God Jesus had perfect confidence in his Father that God was going to take care of him and meet his need. And he did that for us. Remember, God cares more about you than you do about yourself. He will provide in His time. Galatians 6, read that. He will provide in His time, in His time. Psalm 40, 1 and 2 is a uh, wonderful verse. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he, see, again, we see, waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He hears your cry. It just may not be the time, in his time, in his time. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he has set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. God is faithful. He is a faithful God, and we need to, and I want to end on this positive note. And just give us hope and understanding that God is a faithful God who will not uh, tempt us above what we're able. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Notice, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will with the temptation will provide. Notice who will provide, God does the way of escape also, that you will be able to endure it. Wonderful verses in the scripture about this. Faithful, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will what? Not maybe, not possibly, no. God is faithful. If he calls you, he's going to do the rest too. He's going to supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. That's the God that we serve. It really is. Let us not live like defeated Christians, like Satan uh, is uh, uh, the roaring lion who has teeth and he is going to rip us to shreds. He's a toothless lion. He cannot destroy you. Now, he can... He can uh, uh, gum you and hurt you but he cannot destroy your soul and you will never be tempted above what you're able but will, with that temptation uh, you'll be able to escape and that's the God that we have who loves us that much and it's all for our good it's all that we might grow it's all that we might see in ourselves how sinful we are and how much we need God. See, so that's it. How much do we need Him? Or 
Do we run ahead of him, doing things in our own strength? Let God speak to your heart. Let's pray. Father, it's so easy to to talk about. It's so easy to to see what your word says. Uh, But Lord, it's so hard uh, in the doing. It's so hard, Lord, uh, because these temptations that come against us and these doubts that come into our mind, uh, Lord, help us to not go on our feelings. Lord, help us not say to ourselves, I just feel like God doesn't love me. Because, Lord, we know that you love us. You have redeemed us. You have bought us. You are faithful when we're unfaithful. Work in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.